Hey fellow superhero cinephiles, did you know that almost 30% of adults say they haven't read a book in the past year? The primary reason why is a lack of time. Well, Audible's here to help with the gift of found time. Thanks to Audible, you can listen to audiobooks like Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, or Slugfest, inside the epic 50-year battle between Marvel and DC. Read up on the history of superheroes in comics and movies with Grant Morrison's Super Gods. You can also check out Vanguard, my original superhero novel series, or try The Vril Agenda or The Adventures of Fortune McCall, both of which were written by our dearly departed host emeritus, Derek Ferguson. Whatever you're looking for, Audible has thousands of titles that you can consume while commuting, exercising, cooking, or just relaxing at home. And not only audiobooks, an Audible membership also gives you access to tons of content like podcasts, theatrical performances, and exclusive Audible originals that you won't find anywhere else. To give you a taste of what you can get, Audible has partnered with this show to provide listeners with a free 30-day trial. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash supercinemapod, and with your free trial, you get one free audiobook and two free Audible originals. In fact, you get to keep those titles even if you cancel before the trial is over. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to audibletrial.com slash supercinemapod and start your free trial today. was non-damaging. Attention, idiots. The lunatic on top of this craft is holding a Hadron Enforcer. A weapon of my own design. What the hell? If you don't hand over our companions now, he's gonna tear your ship a new one. A very big new one. I ain't buying it. I'm giving you to the count of five. Rocket, it's me. For God's sakes, we figured it out. We're fine. Oh, hey, Quill, what's going on? You call that figured it out? We're gonna rob the guys who just beat us senseless. Oh, you wanna talk about senseless? How about trying to save us by blowing us up? We were only gonna blow you up if they didn't turn you over. And how on earth were they gonna turn us over when you only gave them a count of five? Well, we didn't have time to work out the minutiae of the plan. This is what we get for acting altruistically. I'm Groot. They are ungrateful. What's important now is we get the Ravager's army to help us save Xandar. So we can give the stone to Yondu, who's just gonna sell it to somebody even worse? We'll figure that part out later. We have to stop Ronin. How? I have a plan. You've got a plan. Yes. First of all, you're copying me from when I said I had a plan. No, I'm not. People say that all the time. It's not that unique of a thing to say. Secondly, I don't even believe you have a plan. I have part of a plan. What percentage of a plan do you have? You don't get to ask questions after the nonsense you pulled on Nowhere. I just saved Quill. We've already established that you destroying the ship that I'm on is not saving me. When did we establish? Like three seconds ago. No, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of something else. Oh. She's right. You don't get an opinion. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> That's a fake laugh. It's real. Totally fake. That is the most real, authentic, hysterical laugh of my entire life because that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Thank you, Groot. Thank you. See? Groot's the only one of you who has a clue. Come on. Guys. Come on. Yondu is gonna be here in two seconds. He expects to hear this big plan of ours. 
I need your help. I look around at us. You know what I see? Losers. I mean, like, folks who have lost stuff. And we have, man, we have, all of us. Our homes. Our families. Normal lives. And usually life takes more than it gives, but not today. Today it's given us something. It has given us a chance. To do what? To give a shit. For once. Not run away. I, for one, am not going to stand by and watch as Ronan wipes out billions of innocent lives. But Quill, stopping Ronan, it's impossible. You're asking us to die. Yeah, I guess I am. most of my life surrounded by my enemies. I will be grateful to die among my friends. You are an honorable man, Quill. I will fight beside you. And in the end, see my wife and daughter again. Spin anyway. Now I'm standing. Y'all happy? We're all standing up now. Bunch of jackasses standing in a circle. Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and here with another new guest to the show, a uh, longtime listener and a fellow podcaster, and that's Damon Thompson. Damon, how are you doing today? I am amazing. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, it's a little rainy out here, and I'm a little, uh, little sleep deprived. It's eight o'clock in the morning out here in Japan. But other than that, I'm doing good. I got my coffee, I... so I'm all right. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Oh, uh, is Lil keeping up? Uh, no, actually, she's, um, you know, she's almost, I think she's about like five or six months now. And she's actually doing pretty well about sleeping mostly through the night. Um, but even when she was a newborn, like she didn't really wake up all that much, like maybe like two or three times. And that was it. So oh, she's a she's a pretty good kid. We don't have too many problems with her. That's awesome. Yeah. The hard thing is, um, is getting her to actually go to sleep. That's the thing she doesn't want to do. <laughs> like last night, no. we're getting to like 11 o'clock at night and she just did not want to sleep. Like y'all going to do something when I go to sleep. I can't exactly. miss this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She always thinks we're doing, we're up to shenanigans while she's asleep. Uh, anyway. Um, so why don't you uh, take a few minutes and uh, tell the listeners and the, and the viewers on YouTube a little bit about yourself. 
Uh, well, uh, I, name's Damon Thompson. Uh, I am a podcaster. I'm a father of two. I'm a husband of one. Uh, I do, uh, uh, I host, um, Demond does uh, the six questions. Well, it's actually Demond does, but Demond does the six questions is the bulk of it, uh, where it's a uh, it's an interview show where I ask all my guests the same six questions, and it's interesting how the story everybody everyone's stories is is unique. So there are all kinds of tangents that could happen, and I've had some really interesting conversations with creatives. And you know, I interviewed Derek uh, mm -hmm. actually. I don't know if he ever knew this. I don't think I ever told him, but the day I interviewed him was my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah, it just it just happened to fall up like it's like, yeah, I'll be up. You know, it gave me a couple of days. It gave me a, like a time frame. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get myself a birthday present. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just so I scheduled. It. I never told him, but yeah, it was that was that was really cool. That was mm -hmm. really cool. That was uh yeah. So that that's how we actually came to meet is uh, is through Derek because um you had him on on your show and and yeah he told me about that and I listened to the show which was a which was a great interview as well um and uh, and he and when I talked to him afterwards he said he's like yeah I'm amazed he was able to cut it down so short because we went on for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> which is always how it goes with Derek. Like you, you go in thinking you're going to have like a, a 20 minute conversation. And the next thing you know, three hours have gone by. And uh, this is the best kind. <laughs> it just, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, it was so much fun. Yeah. But yeah. So, it, yeah. How, how did you, um, how did you and Derek uh, come to meet in the first place? Well, uh, this is a really, really boring story to be honest. <laughs> um, I emailed him. He emailed the, the short version is I emailed him and he emailed me back. That was mm. it. I just asked him, Hey, I'm a fan of, you know, I'm a fan. And, uh, I, this is, this is my show. This is what I do. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, I was surprised. He, I was surprised he answered, to be honest. Oh, um, he's yeah. He's really good about answering stuff like that. Um, he, he was always really good about that. Uh, so how, how did you end up becoming a fan of his? Like, was it the, was it the Dylan stuff? Was it something else that, um, that you read of his? I'm trying to remember because actually I've read a lot of your stuff too. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Um, uh, I was a, a big fan. I want to say it's Myth Hunter. Yeah, yeah. That it. Myth Hunter was good. I liked in, uh, uh, in Infernum. I think I was mm -hmm. one of the few people that liked it. Yeah, yeah I think you're one of the you're one of the few people that actually read it. Actually. <laughs> uh, so I can't remember if I how how because you two are kind of intertwined in my mind. So uh -huh. I can't remember who I met first, but I remember it, it had to be Dylan. Um, I'm I. Because I think it was through New Pulp is what it was. So okay, they, yeah. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, a a, a black pulp character? Mm -hmm. Yes, please. Yeah. So uh, I found I read um, uh, 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 Dylan and um, the Eye of the uh, Eye of Odin or uh, the Voice of Odin. Voice of Odin. Thank you. And um, yeah, the Eye of Odin was a sequel he never got to. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> 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 I had to. Yeah, I had to go. Okay. I had to do that. <laughs> um, and I read that, and I blew right through it, and uh, and then I just start. You know, I I think I've read everything he's that uh, that he's put out, except except for maybe one. I'm in the middle of that now, so mm -hmm. just. And then you know I found you know found some interviews, and I think uh, I was thinking about doing some writing at the time, and you you you, had, you were doing it. Uh, it was exploding typewriter, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's how I think that's how I found you. And then, oh, really? You know, okay. I believe so. I believe that's how it happened. Oh, wow! And, that's a that's a blast from the past. Another thing that, no, that nobody paid paid much attention to. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I did. 
<laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, did, I, I didn't really, I never realized that you had, uh, I, I thought you only knew me basically through this show and through Derek. So I, I, I had never known that you had had, um, you know, such knowledge of, of my stuff. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, good. It was good. St- it's good stuff, man. Well, thank yeah, you. I, yeah. I really, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Actually, I'm hoping because, you know, you've seen me on Facebook posting up artwork and, and stuff like that. My goal is to eventually do a Myth Hunter comic book. Um, oh, that'd be dope. That's, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping to do. And because uh, that's that was what the original idea was. It was to do it as a comic book. Okay. Actually, uh, Derek and I kind of came up with uh, with it together, actually. Um, like, I came up with most of it, and then he, like, kind of workshopped it with me and, like, you know, like the whole thing with her using the the ancient weapons and stuff like that was Derek's idea. That was something he mm. contributed. And um, a lot of the stuff about like Asami's appearance and all that, that all came from Derek too. Like he had these ideas about, he's like, you should do this, this, and then. And so, yeah, a lot of that's, there's a lot of his DNA and most of my stuff actually. That's absolutely not surprising at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, we were looking, uh, cause I was <laughs> running a little bit behind, so I didn't get a chance to really check up on any news. Um, but you mentioned uh, you got something that you'd heard about and that was the, the milestone uh, relaunch. So can you tell, talk a little bit about that? I am excited. I probably should have looked up an article while I was sitting there talking to you. As a matter of <laughs> fact, I may do that while uh, maybe not. Anyway, Milestone Media. Okay. Most people would probably know uh, Milestone through the Static Shot cartoon. Right. Um, and Static was the uh, Spider-Man-ish archetype mm-hmm. of the, you know, he was the teenager and all this. But it was actually a very in-depth it was a very uh it was a big much bigger company milestone was mm-hmm. um so there so the comics that are coming out they'll be there i believe they're coming out uh we just discussed this uh july i want to say 13 july 13th uh will be statics uh, uh static um one mm-hmm. and they're doing i believe they're doing six issue just six issue uh arcs oh okay so so it'll be static will uh debut on july 13th then July 27th, it'll be Icon and Rocket, which um, which was an interesting story because, uh, you know, a lot of people would see it on its surface like, oh, it's Black Superman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was Superman as a <clears throat> black, black man, but a black Republican, mm-hmm. which is an which was an interesting juxtaposition between him and Rocket, who was a sidekick. And it was really her book. And they uh, they tackled some interest. They they were really progressive uh, mm. for now. Then yeah um, yeah. Then, and that uh, was um uh the, just wanted to you know uh, name drop the founders here. It was uh, Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cohen, Michael Davis, yes. and uh, Derek mm-hmm. T. Dingle. And you know and McDuffie, you know most people know him from because he went on to work on uh, the Justice League animated series and then the Justice League comic books as well. After that, right right um. Yeah, he, he passed away. It's been I th- a while. Now. It's been I want to say like ten years or so, but I'm not sure exactly. Something wow. like that. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I know it's been some time. Wow. Um, oh um, yeah, I got just looked up. Yeah, twenty uh, tw- almost ten years ago exactly. Twenty February twenty first, twenty eleven is when he passed away. Wow. Wow. Dang, it just flies by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I came to his stuff uh, after he passed because everyone was talking him up, and I had read like his. Uh, 
his Justice League run, which apparently had like a lot of like editorial in, uh, interference when he was uh, when he was doing the comics, and like there were characters he wanted to use that he couldn't use, and all, and because of like stuff going on in the different character books, so like he had a lot of stuff like kind of forced. But he really, it doesn't show in the writing. Like it's it it's a he was he was one of those people who was really able to to work with what he was given. Mm. Oh, man, I loved that. I want to say he was the writer on Icon uh, at the beginning of its run. I, I don't have all that information in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's the one he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, the last one is uh, Hardware, which would be, uh, you know, the uh, Iron Man archetype. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know what they'll do with it's not that big of a uh, spoiler. Well, it's a spoiler for, for, uh, for uh, you know, 20 year old book or whatever <laughs> um hard you know hardware was uh oh gosh i can't think of his i can't think of his uh uh uh, uh secret Alter identity ego. um yes. curtis uh, metcalf thank you thank you he was he he was you know he was a gifted prodigy science genius uh there's this uh his uh benefactor is named uh, alva and he you know was his mentor he raised him up and had you know he's like basically second in charge in the company mm-hmm. and then he finds out that he is not as uh important as he thinks he is oh okay and um and decides to use his use the resor- resources at his disposal to wreak havoc mm-hmm. and it's it was just a really interesting twist on you know because tony stark's on top of on top of everything and everybody's trying to knock him down and he's I don't know. It was just, it was really it's a really cool book. I don't know if they're gonna go with that, obviously, because they they're updating Static's uh, origin because he was in a there was a gang fight mm-hmm. in which caused which is where the Big Bang <laughs> where everybody got their powers. Um, I think it's going he will be at a uh, Black Lives Matter uh, protest. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think that, that was uh, you, you answered a question I was going to ask if they were going to go like um, if it was going to be like a, a relaunch type thing or if it was going to be a full on reboot like the um, like Valiant did a few years back. Um, so so it sounds like they're doing the um, the full on reboot. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. Um, I haven't heard any anything else from like anything different. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be different from the other comics. That's the only one I know of yeah. right now. But um, and you yeah. were talking about uh, the writer of Icon. It looks like it was McDuffie. In fact, at least according to Wikipedia, it looks like he wrote most of these, at least the original oh, wow. ones that came out. Like, uh, so it's Hardware, Blood Syndicate, Icon, Static. He seemed to have written most of those. And, you know, I think other writers came in after, but he he seemed to have been like, you know, one of the main creators in all of them, mm, at least. Okay. Um, but he was listed as the only writer on Icon, so I'm pretty sure like he just wrote that all himself. Uh, I could be wrong about that because I, like we were talking before we started recording, I um, I came into comics like after Milestone had kind of had kind of faded away, so um, I had missed that whole boat. And um, and because yeah, I even worked when I first got into comics, I was working in a comic book store, and I don't remember any Milestone books at all there uh, with the new releases. So, so I don't, I think they had faded by that point. That was like the late nineties, early two thousand. So, um, and then, uh, but I've always been curious cause you know, especially after, um, after Dwayne McDuffie died, everyone was talking about, you know, um, the Milestone uh, books like Sean Ali loves those. And he, he mentioned them a lot. And, 
I was always curious to check them out. Like I'd never watched Static or anything like that, but I'm always curious. And I remember um, Icon and Rocket were on the were on Young Justice. Um, Icon was part of the Justice League, and and Rocket became a member of the of the Young Justice team. And um, so probably just similar, like you said, with the book. Icon was just kind of like there. He wasn't really a big presence, and then it was mostly Rocket we touched on in the in the TV show. And and she was a cool character, and I thought that was. Um, that was uh that was neat to bring her in that way so i i'm wondering how they're gonna how they're gonna do the milestone stuff because i know obviously when they did young justice they were part of the justice league and they're part of the dcu and um i think when they did new 52 static was also part of the the dc universe at that point too so do you know if they're bringing them back in the dc universe or if they're going to have them in their own universe again from what i have read or um i haven't read anything from officials so it's these are from youtube mm -hmm. channels so uh take that for a grain of salt um i came uh magnegro i think is his name <laughs> is uh blurred without fear maybe um it's one of those two uh and they said that it's going to be uh its own thing okay so it'll be disconnected from there won't be any crossover there are no plans for any crossovers or anything like okay. that so, far, so. I mean, that's good. I think, I think it would probably work better in its own universe anyway, because then you're going to have like, you know, the, the, those types of characters, I think they work much better in their own universe anyway, because it's not as impressive to have like a character of icon in a world where you've got like, you know, Superman and all these other metahumans as well. Because I think that was one of the things about it was like, it was this, it was this new thing in that, in, within that world as well. Right. And how in every, and everything is, tied into it where you know there's politics involved and like the whole deal it's yeah 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 and and since i missed those milestone books they've never really they don't have any collections in print i'm hoping that now that they're they're doing this this reboot they'll also you know go back and collect those those older issues too assuming that uh it the relaunch does well i would assume mm. so well yeah all right so we'll have to keep an eye out for that so so yeah thanks for thanks for bringing that um but anyway Today, uh, today's movie that we um, that you you just you chose you wanted to talk about today is uh, the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Derek and I talked about Volume Two um, way back when. Um, so, and it was funny when you told me uh, that you wanted to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. I had actually just watched it like a few days before with my wife. Like just randomly, she was like, "I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy." Nice. <laughs> so the timing couldn't have been better on that. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, how, were you familiar with the with the Guardians before before the movie, or did you just come into these characters through the movie? I I was familiar with a different version of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I, so the original I, one, yeah. Uh, Vance Astro mm -hmm. and Starhawk and uh, Yondu was a oh boy, wow, yeah, very I'm different from yeah, <laughs> very different. We'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah. So that's the team I was familiar with. So when I saw when I so when I saw the I, you know I saw the title, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let's see how they do that. And then I saw the talk when I saw Rocket before I'd seen the movie. I was like, okay, Marvel's jumped the shark. You know, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> and we'll just look. I saw. So I was so. I, long story short, I was not familiar with any mm. of the. Uh, I had known of Dax the Destroyer and Gamora because of. I want to say the they had a bigger part in the Infinity uh, Infinity Gauntlet series. Yeah, like the yeah. Original. 
Yeah, so they I'm were just, they were those um that they were part of Jim Starlin's whole uh, whole cosmic universe type thing that he had set up. So it was like Drax, Gamora, Thanos, and all and all of that was tied in together when uh, gotcha. Starlin was doing like the Captain Marvel and then later the Infinity stuff. Gotcha. Okay. So I was familiar with them, but I wasn't familiar with Star Lord or mm-hmm. Rocket Raccoon or Groot or anything like that. So. <laughs> I had read, um, cause this guardians is based on, like I had known of the, the original ones, but I'd never really, um, read any of the stuff they'd been in. Um, not until, until later when they had published, um, I remember they par- published a guardians 3000 series, uh, after the movie came out where they were, where they went back to the original team too. Um, <clears throat> but this team, the movie, it was based on, um, uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. They did, uh, they did this, they did this whole cosmic event called Annihilation back in the early 2000s. And they kind of, at the end of that, they had, um, they rebooted a lot of Marvel's cosmic characters, not rebooted, but like gave new attention to them, like Silver Surfer, Super Skrull and Nova and all these. And spinning out of that event was Guardians of the Galaxy. So they had um, completely given Drax, because Drax used to be like a, a Superman type. He was like incredibly powerful, if you remember. In the, huh. in, and but he wasn't very intelligent. He had like very low intelligence. And then during the annihilation, they kind of, they flipped that on its head where they gave him more intelligence, but they reduced his powers so that now he's just basically got the superhuman strength. And um, so that, and they came out with this Guardians of the Galaxy series and it had all those five plus like a bunch of other characters. Like it had the, um, uh, uh, Philavel, um, Captain Marvel's daughter. They had uh, Mantis was part of the original team as well. Um, I think Adam Warlock was there as well for a bit too. And a bunch of other characters came in and out. Um, so, so I had read that. And when I saw that they were, because this came out, they announced this after Avengers and it I wasn't, um, I wasn't expect, I, I didn't think that Marvel jumped the shark because I, I love the idea of Rocket Raccoon. And like that, that was one of the reasons I even looked into the original Guardians of the Galaxy comic book in the first place was because of Rocket, because of Rocket. So when I heard they were going to do this, I thought, okay, that's, that sounds cool, but I don't know why they're doing that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like such, it com- came completely out of left field. It's like we did, we hit it big with Avengers and now we're going to do this little known property that nobody, but like hardcore Marvel fans know about. Right. <laughs> so my wife uh, was, my wife does uh, childcare and mm-hmm. uh, one of the kids she was hanging out with, uh, she, they went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy. I had no intention on seeing it. And she comes home. And she said, she sits me down and she says, what it's like, you gotta go see Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> she looks me in the face and she never said this before or since she said, Damon, go see it. Cause if you don't like it, I will be disappointed. Meaning <laughs> she liked it that much. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, you put, you put it all on the line. So I went and saw it. And honestly, I think I saw every, Marvel. I hadn't seen any, all any of the Marvel movies uh, at the theater at at that point yet, except for maybe Avengers, and that was mm-hmm. it. And after Guardians of the Galaxy, we were at every single one <laughs> at the theater after that. Clearly, in game. So, so yeah. So, so that, I, w- I was looking. Sorry, go ahead. So it was just so it just turned the corner. It, it was instead of jumping the shark, it turned the corner. It just mm-hmm. I, I was in. I was in. Uh, so for me, I had. Um, 
I, I was really looking forward to it, especially when when the trailers came out, and especially when I heard that when they when they announced that Bradley Cooper was going to be voicing Rocket. I thought that was uh, that was a really cool choice because that was a during a time when he was like really kind of blowing up. Like he had he was just coming off like The Hangover and, and A Team, and um, and I think Limitless as well came out around that time too. So like all this stuff that he was in it was coming out at that time. And that was when he was like the the big A-list actor. So I was really surprised that they got him. And also Vin Diesel to just come in and record three lines basically over and over again. That was also, I thought, was a really interesting choice that they did. <laughs> and that, that's a, that seems like a total James Gunn thing to do, which is get like a big name actor to just come in and just record random lines and not have his face shown, which he's doing again with Stallone in, uh, in Suicide Squad now. <laughs> And, That's yeah because he's doing king shark and um and i and um and it looks like he's not going to have like a whole lot of speaking lines so um but it but um and so i had i was really looking forward to it and i actually didn't know anything about chris pratt before this movie and um i went to see it with uh with a friend of mine um i was back in chicago visiting uh visiting some family and one of my old friends you know, she's like, oh, let's go, let's go out to, to a movie tonight. And I said, okay, well, I really want to see Guardians of the Galaxy. And she's like, really? Do we have to see that? I'm like, trust me, come with, if you don't like it, I'll give you your money back. Okay. And she's like, all right, fine. So we go see it. And afterwards, she's like, that was so good. I want to go see it again. <laughs> so much so that when volume two came out, I had actually, it was actually also when I was coming back to the States and like as soon as i and like a week before i was coming back to the state she sends me a message and she's like she's like so you're coming back on this state guardians of the galaxy comes out in this state we're going to see it i'm like <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and also my uh my wife she when we first started dating she was like um she's like oh i don't like superhero movies and i'm like okay this is i'm not sure how this is this relationship is gonna go <laughs> but then um but then she's over it one night and I said, um, I'm like, well, let's, uh, let's watch, let's watch a movie. And she's like, okay. And so I'm like, and I put on Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, so we go, we start watching Guardians of the Galaxy and she's like, oh, that was really good. I really liked that. And then, then she's like, and he's like, there's another one. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, okay, let's see the next one. And so then after that, that was her gateway drug. I got her into the super the MCU after that. And so now she loves all of them too. Nice. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I, uh, one of the things that I loved about this movie was the way it used uses music. Yes. Um, it, and I, cause I don't, I, I genuinely honestly do not notice those types of things unless something's like really off. It's just, I'm the same. Like, I'm the same way. Yeah. But like, it was one of those things where it would just, it felt like they wrote some of these scenes to this music. You know what yeah. I mean? It was, it all fits so well together. It, it, it was, I, I just I I couldn't sing this phrase enough, man. Yeah. But that was one of the biggest things for us. The um the choice of music was just amazing. Cause I remember the the soundtrack came out a, a few months before the movie, and um and man, that was just such it was just such an awesome selection of songs. And I'm and when it said volume one on it, I kept hoping I'm like, are they gonna have like a volume two album of like because I wanted to see more of it. And it's just like James right. Gunn's own personal playlist, like it. it and it's just such a cool concept that really works for for uh, Peter's character to have like he's got this tape that was with him when he got abducted. So so it makes sense that he would have all this older music as well. Right. Right. Just fits right. It, it all fit fit right in. Yeah. Um, it was something I was going to ask. I, I can't remember what it was. Never mind. 
Well, about the music, like, um, I think especially in volume two, I thought the music, I, lo- I think the music selection in volume one was better, but I thought in volume two, the music, like you were saying, when they wrote some of the scenes specifically around those songs, I think there's a lot more of that in volume two as well. Like, like mm-hmm. the whole thing with like Fleetwood Max the Chain, the whole thing with Brandy and all that. Like, I think James Gunn had kind of that idea when he was doing it, but uh, not all of them fit together as well in um, in the first one as much as in the second one. Like, um, you know, when he's doing uh, like hooked on a feeling when um, when he's being when he's being tortured in the prison cell. It's just it's such an incongruous thing, but it's it works so well. Mm-hmm. Or also the um, the margarita song and like you know he's flying over the the prison as Pina if you like Pina Colada is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah. But uh, this movie actually made me want to go back and um, look up Parks and Rec because the friend I had seen it with, she was a huge Parks and Rec fan. And after after this, she's like, have you seen Parks and Rec? You have to watch Parks and Rec. And so I, you know, stuck through the terrible first season just because of Chris Pratt. So I'm like, because everyone's like, oh, it gets better. It gets better. And then after that, it did get much better. So I'm glad. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't for this movie, I may not have stuck through it. I did the exact same thing, actually. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> that you say that. I literally did the exact same thing because I'd seen the movie. I, we had the uh, we had some missionaries over, and uh, they had got they had we were talking about movies and comedy and stuff, mm. and they mentioned it's like, have you seen Park? Because I have a a rise sense of humor, and it was like, have you seen Parks and Rec? I'm like, mm. no. And it's like, give it three episodes. It, just give it three episodes, mm. and I did. I'm like, uh, okay, like it was like I was in, and I was mm. like, oh, that's the. That, that's where he's from yeah because he was a little doughy a little more doughy than he was more normal back then as far as his physique goes yeah yeah i remember him talking about i remember there was a big thing on social media about the fact that how ripped he was in the in the guardians trailer and compared to how he was in the tv show and i remember him doing uh doing an interview or something and he was and he was asked about the the workout regime and and they're asking like well what what did it entail and he and one of the things he said was like a lot of crying <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy yeah but they they oh yeah to to be that lean you gotta Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um but and it's it's funny when you think about this movie because the characters in this movie are very with the exception of rocket probably i think rocket is probably the close rocket and Groot are probably the closest to their comic book equivalents but the characters though they're they're very they're almost like original characters compared to how they are in the comics I mean, Interesting. so I, I didn't. Yeah, because uh, which I think it works better. Like um, Drax is um, he's not as, um, you know, what what's the right word I want to look for? Um, he's not stupid, but he's not aware in, in the movie. Right. That That's kind of like he's got he like lacks this awareness of kind of what's going on. And like he's not like that in the comic books. He's much more calculating and he's still got that like you know hard exterior but it's much more like a kind of like calculating intelligence um gamora too right she's she's much more of like the standard stock warrior princess type character and and star lord is also you know he was just you know you know standard you know space opera superhero wasn't anything their personalities didn't really stand out that much in the comic books and so I understand why they made the changes they did because it makes these characters come alive so much more in the movie. And now they've done that in the comic books too. They've kind of changed their personalities much like they did with, uh, they did kind of a similar thing with Tony Stark, I think, right? Cause 
in the comic books, he's he's um, he's not as eccentric as you know Robert Downey Jr. is in the movies. And then after the movies became so so big, they started to adopt those things into the comics. Right. Um, do you remember? Do you know of any other uh, changes that they? Well, I don't want to say changes, but um, influences like that because because um, I was aware of the uh, Guardians, Guardians that was having to be the uh, one of the bigger ones which made me think maybe that's why they um, they're not as popular as mm. a, um, a and not uh, they're not as uh, popular characters so you can kind of mess with it a little bit I know? think so yeah because I remember uh, when X-Men came out everybody and their mother was like got some uh, got some guests popping up in the background there <laughs> What do you need, Chirins? You want to say hi to Mr. Mr. Hey. <laughs> Go ahead and say hi. hi. My- hey. Oh, you got Thor there. Nice. <laughs> Close the door, sweet pea. Love you. <laughs> Adorable. Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 they're the best, man. Yeah. They're the yeah. best. Yeah. We used to have, uh, my daughter popped up a few times on here because um, there are a lot of times when I was doing the show in the morning and um, with Derek and she was, um, and I was watching her. So I'd like be holding her on screen while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I loved her reaction to Zack Snyder. That yeah. Was, yeah. I, I that. I, that was my favorite. I was just like, yes, <laughs> she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. <laughs> that happened on, um, we were doing the, we were guests on the pop DNA podcast too. And we had, um, somehow we got on Zack Snyder and I was, I was watching her too. during that time, it, same thing. Like as soon as Zack Snyder comes up, she starts crying. <laughs> and Derek's, oh, there we go again. <laughs> Buddy. No, you can't. <laughs> I'll see you in a bit. Okay. And it's, plastic <laughs> uh derek's reaction to that was the best um when she started crying she, he was like he's like oh sweetie i'm sorry D- uncle derek won't talk about Zack snyder anymore it's okay <laughs> <laughs> loved it oh yeah loved it. <laughs> um but uh as for other change yeah but i think you're right i think it was because these characters weren't as well known that they felt they had more freedom to kind of mess with it because um and that's paid off for Marvel in different ways. They found uh, they found good ways to to work around that. Like some of these characters, they are able to mess around with them. Like with um, with Iron Man, he wasn't you know he's not like Spider Man level popularity. So so you right. can mess with his personality a little bit and like because not as many people are reading the Iron Man comics anyway. Right, right. That was and uh, that was uh, them taking a big huge chance on a like a B or C list character anyway. Yeah, right? it was. It was. Yeah, and. And that's why it's, it's really, it's, it's a, it shows like how it's a testament to Marvel's, uh, the strength of the talent they get involved in these, because I remember when they were talking about, um, cause I, I remember just like you, a lot of people had that reaction. It's like, Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel's jumped the shark. And then like, you couldn't swing a dead cat on the internet without hitting at least 10 articles saying, talking about how Guardians of the Galaxy means that Marvel is going to fail. Or it's going to be Marvel's first wow. big big failure, and then, and then the same thing with Ant Man too. Like it was the same thing. Like all all, all these articles predicting Marvel's bit first big flop, and and also Captain Marvel, and and now with Eternals too, and Shang Chi. Like you're seeing a lot of those same types of things popping up, 
and each time, you know, Marvel's been been proving them wrong. So there'll be one eventually, but mm-hmm. not uh, not in the foreseeable future, man. <laughs> I mean, I think the the only the 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 closest thing I could think of is the Inhumans TV series, and that wasn't even Marvel Studios; that was Marvel, that was the television division. But but yeah, that that um that was probably the one thing that was like universally reviled. I, uh, the one thing I'm really curious about, uh, tangent time, is um, how they're going to handle the X Men in the MCU because I, I that was uh, that was the wing of Marvel that I was mm. really into because it you know it's it spoke to me you know what I mean mm. and I and they never re- they didn't interact too much with the rest of the universe it was like yeah. its own main thing for the most part so how I wonder like you know, uh, any ideas or what do you think about how they're going to integrate all that? So I had a theory about this and I had mentioned this way back when we, uh, we talked about the the first X-Men movie. Um, but so my theory is that because, um, and we kind of saw, I think I, I'm feeling even more invested in this theory after some of the other stuff that's come out since then. But um, like, because when, because um, Wanda and Pietro, they got their powers from the, from the Mind Stone, right? Because mm-hmm. of Strucker's experiments with it. So, um, my, and then, uh, so my theory is that the Mind Stone didn't give them powers, but it kind of jump-started their evolution. So like mutants have existed in in history, but it's just like such a very, very, very small portion of the population. Like you're talking like one in a million type thing. And so I think you can do that. And that explains how you have characters like, you know, like Apocalypse or um, Wolverine and Sabretooth, or even like, even Professor X and Magneto who have been around all this time, but nobody knows about them. And, um, and so what I think is, because in um, Endgame, um, Rocket said that, uh, you know, when Thanos snapped his fingers, Earth became ground zero for a surge of energy that has never been seen before. And so there were a total of three snaps on on Earth, right? So you had you had right. Thanos, and then you had uh, you had Hulk when he brought everybody back, and then Tony when he got rid of Thanos's army. So all three of those snaps, right? You're, the Earth is just like flooded with all this um, cosmic energy and from the Infinity Stone. So, and we kind of saw hints of this in Wandavision when she comes in contact with the Mind Stone, and that's when she gets her powers. So my theory is that. Um, the energy that's been floating around the planet now has kind of jump-started human evolution. So whereas before mutants were like one in 1 million, now you're talking like one in a hundred or something like that. Mm. And so my theory has been that you have, at least this is how I would do it, right? Because, um, and now in, in Jonathan Hickman's X-Men stuff he's doing in the comics, he had Xavier and Magneto use Krakoa as like a mutant nation. And because Krakoa is a sentient island, it can move to different parts of the planet. So it can keep moving around. It's not stationary in one spot. Hmm. And so um, so my theory is, at least how I would do it is, I would say that the mutants have been around for a while, uh, but only in very small numbers. Xavier and Magneto have been gathering them together on Krakoa, whatever ones he can find, maybe with help from Nick Fury too. Like, you know, he's just kind of like, look, I'll help you out. You keep, the, you keep, it under, you keep your people under control type of thing. And then um, after the the Infinity Stones, right? After the blink, the blip, and all that, you know, you had all these mutants who get you know just completely wiped out, and then and then come back. And so 
and all these new mutants coming up and now they're facing prejudice right now that they're and especially you tie it into thanos because everybody's suspicious of these people who get their powers because of the infinity stones right which would really help to build up the the prejudice angle and so you combine all that together and then you could have that's a really easy way to see the divide between Xavier and Magneto. And so you can have like the X-Men already established and now they're coming out into the public view. At least that that's how I would do it. I think that's a way that's organic with what's been set up so far as opposed to just, you know, oh, everybody comes in from another universe like some people have been saying. Uh, okay, so Kevin Feige, if you're listening, <laughs> you happen to be listening. Mr. Purse, ah, man, Mr. Per- per- why do I keep, uh, <laughs> Mr. Constantine needs a job. Yes, please. Give it to him. <laughs> you heard, you heard the man, you heard. And I work for cheap. I, I'm, I'm, I work for cheap. I'm not going to work for James Gunn money. So don't worry about that. <laughs> I'll sell yourself short. I'm your agent. I get my 10%. Hold on. <laughs> no, I, that's brilliant. I love it. I, I hope it's somewhere close i'll be kind of disappointed if it's any if it's anything yeah like i i'd i've been thinking about this way too much like because like you i'm I'm such a huge x-men fan so i was been i've been batting this over my head on and on like for the past you know few years since marvel announced that they they bought out um they bought out the fox stuff so um but anyway um back to guardians of galaxy uh i think because when we had um the mcu movies up to this point like they had some humor in there especially Avengers really kind of jump-started the, the humor, in it. but Guardians of the Galaxy took it to like another level with the humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do it in such a way that, um, so it it's really funny and, but it's still, the humor is so rooted in these characterizations and like, and just like um, that one scene I'm thinking, like even the, that one scene that really stood out to me was the scene on um, on nowhere when Drax and Rocket get into the fight, and it's such a funny scene. But it's also it tells you so much about about these two about these two different characters too. And they do it in like and they could and they did it in like I mean they did it throughout the scene, mm. but they do it in like four lines. He's like he has no respect. That is true. Yeah. He also doesn't know what he's talking about. That is also true. <laughs> Like those, those four lines, like say so much about those two. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And also just like Rocket's inferiority complex kind of is the best way to put it. Like he's, mm-hmm. cause you know, he's saying, he's like, you know, he, he thinks I'm some stupid thing. He does. And it, you can tell he's, he's kind of slurring his speech. You can tell he's kind of drunk and you realize, and just like, you know, like you said, and just these short little lines, it tells you so much about that character. Right. And it makes him finally, you, 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 you like him at first because he's he kind of does what he wants. He's, mm-hmm. he's he's competent and all that. Then you but that right then you feel for him. You're yeah. like, wow, okay, I can't because you don't think about because he's you know he's he's human like. Mm-hmm. And then you then you then you then he says that and it just sits. It's like, wait a minute, you know, like what would that feel like? You know, it just make you feel for him, and it's mm-hmm. one of the first times you really do that for him. But yeah, yeah. And, uh, and similarly with Drax, like his whole, um, you, you feel for him a lot too. Like, um, uh, and, but he's also got this, like Dave Bautista, like I had never expected him to be such a standout actor in this movie. Um, uh, Cause you know, usually when you get wrestlers as actors, it's, it's a mixed bag, right? You, every right. now and then you get a Dwayne Johnson, but most of the time you get a Hulk Hogan. So, 
Correct. Um, so, but to see him in this, like he's, you know, it, it seemed like what, how good of an actor he is and just like the way he works in this humor, but, and the fact that he's not in on the joke the whole time is just so great. Like the whole thing about, you know, he doesn't understand metaphors and he's like, and they'll go right over his head. He's like, nothing goes over my head. I'll, I'll catch it. Yeah. I like how he takes nothing literally just makes it mm. so much easier for, for, for those types of things. And also the, um, the scene at the end too, when, he, they're talking about, you know, you know, if you commit any further crimes, you know, you'll, you'll be a, you, that, you know, you'll be in trouble again. And Drax is like, what if somebody does something irksome and I rip his spine out? And they're like, that's, that, that's murder. That's like the worst crime you could do. <laughs> <laughs> and his response is like, oh, okay. He just wants on. Okay, cool. <laughs> also, Rocket tried to have this polite conversation about stealing stuff. He's like, but you, know you don't understand, sir. I want it more. I wanted more, sir. Like and he, was, he was earnest. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted more, sir. <laughs> I, I loved it. That was uh, that. Um, so I, it's nice to know that I wasn't the only person who had a crush on Alyssa Milano. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. Like I had not, I did not catch that reference the first time. And then like, um, and then it was the second time. Like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, uh, my, my wife and I were just talking about this. I was watch I was mm -hmm. watching again for uh for for today. And um <laughs> it was weird to see Glenn Close. Yeah. This yeah. This you is know, um uh, and it's so cool because this is also um I can't remember, I think this came out before Winter Soldier. But uh, but it's kind of cool. Like you, they had like all these Marvel's got this talent for getting this ability to bring in these like, you know, really, you know, high caliber actors, but in these relatively small roles, like, you know, you had, it really kind of started with um, Anthony Hopkins, right? You had him in, in Thor playing Odin right. and then, um, and, uh, you know, in Captain America, you get Tommy Lee Jones come in and, and then, um, and then um, also in Thor, you had Stellan Skarsgård and then in, in, um, I don't think there's anyone really in Avengers, but uh, but then oh yeah yeah um, what's his name uh, Powers Booth was in a, he was one of the part of the council. Yes, he, yeah, yeah. And then you bring in Glenn Close in, in in Guardians of the Galaxy and Robert Redford in The Winter Soldier, and just like it's really cool how they're able to get these actors to come in and just do these like small little parts. And, and you couldn't there's you if you had told me that when you know. The, the Michael Keaton Batman came out that, you know, somebody like Glenn Close or, you know, somebody like that or, mm -hmm. or Robert Redford in a yeah. superhero movie. You know what I mean? It's like, really? No. <laughs> and, yeah. just, and a small bit, they won't even be the star. Well, Derek, like, I was, I've been re-listening to a lot of the old episodes because uh, I mentioned I'm trying to compile like notes for stuff for like a, a Derek episode, Derek-centric episode. And one of the things he mentioned we were talking about uh, First Avenger was, um, you know, you get actors like 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 Tommy Lee Jones or Robert Redford, and they bring a they bring a gravitas to these movies, and it makes that it elevates the whole thing. That just the fact, just their presence alone elevates it. That that's a that's a good point. Yeah, and um, and I think I think that's really true. And it's and uh, you know, to her, she's such a she's got such a funny part in this too. Like. Uh, you know, she's such a great actress, but like the, when she's talking to like the, the Korean ambassador or whatever, and then when she shuts off the, when the feed cuts and she's like, prick. 
Oh, man. Um, there was something I remember we were talking. We were talking about music earlier, and I remember what it was now. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack was number one on the billboard, and it was the first soundtrack to do it without any original music. Oh, wow. That was I knew there was something else I was trying to remember about the music. That was it. Yeah. And just like that music right from the first scene, right? That that first scene is it's a textbook example on how to set the tone of a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you, um, you know, you drop him on, on Morag. It's got this ominous background music. You got this, you know, this um, this sci fi hero with, the, with his spaceship and his and his um, and his space gear. And he's he's walking through. He's exploring everything. He takes off his mask and he puts on the headphone and he starts dancing to Redbone. It's just so perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and then I love the callback in Endgame. When I was about show, to mention that too. Yeah. They showed the whole scene mm-hmm. <laughs> and how terrible he was dancing. <laughs> that, did, that made, uh, I, I watched it again. I laughed harder this time, but knowing yeah. that everything that they actually put in Guardians of the Galaxy is all the good stuff. The rest of it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But it's such a great scene because then you have that scene where where Rhodey's looking at Nebula and he's just like, so he's an idiot, huh? And, and Nebula's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I love about uh, 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 Star Lord is he he is childish. He's mm. you know he's and all that, but he's really clever and he's really quick on his feet. That you know everybody calls him dumb and all that, and he's mm. he doesn't think too far ahead. But when it comes down to like putting an intricate plan together with you know on the fly he's well i'm sorry he's a he's a very quick thinker like he's a he's an improviser yeah yeah that's it that's what Mm. those that's exactly this is why (laughs) that's for the writer (laughs) (laughs) but yeah the way he just looks like let's do this and we'll do that that, 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 you know fly by the seat of pants and like the like you know from the the dance off it's like well Mm -hmm. if i can distract them just long enough (laughs) what what can i do and you know it was and it was just and I, those little things about i don't know if star lord in the comics was like that but oh no like, not at all not at all yeah i think they um they definitely and it's funny i'd recently we were recently um my wife had never seen the original star wars trilogy so we had just watched that this past weekend and you know watching again you can see so much of like you know han solo's dna in star lord mm-hmm. right there's there's and i think there, that's um it's a it's like a mix of it, it's like a mix of Han Solo and Malcolm Reynolds from uh, Firefly. Yes. Yes. Which, you know, um, Nathan Fillion, he had a cameo in this movie too. Uh, you, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't recognize him because he didn't actually appear. It was just him doing a voiceover. But you remember when they were in the prison and there's that big purple alien looking guy who comes up to Star-Lord and he's like, I'm going to slather you in jelly and go to town on you. That's yeah. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> really yeah yeah and he also had a cameo in um uh guardians of the galaxy volume two because um but again it's a very small thing he was uh he was simon williams wonder man because at one of the earth scenes they've got movie posters of simon williams movies and that's nathan fillion playing simon williams i do remember that now yeah i remember that when you as soon as you said it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Again, another act, another you know, high price actor doing a small part. Yeah, yeah, and he's also going to be in uh, the Suicide Squad as Armfall Hoth Boy. Of course, he is. <laughs> of course he is. Of course, yeah. Of course, he is. Yeah. Um, 
I also want to talk about now, because you mentioned Yandu before, and I want to talk about him because I, even though I know he's nothing like the comics, like I just love this incarnation of, of Yandu. He's, he's just so fun. Bully, bully. <laughs> bully, bully. <laughs> I, I, and, and, and then he was in, he was, he was definitely the antagonist, but it, but it was mm. at least complex. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, more so than Ro- than Ronan like Ronan is very kind of one-dimensional and right like it's yeah this was um this is during that time when Marvel wasn't putting a whole lot of effort into a lot of their villains outside of Loki mm-hmm. but um but yeah and uh but Yandu was just so, so he had that whole um the whole swagger in it and it's all down to oh god what's the name of the actor who plays him I'm completely blanking on his name Oh, uh, uh, Michael. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say Booker or something. Yeah, like that. Ma- Michael Rooker. That was it. Rooker. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And like he and just, but also how they go from this into him and his role in the second movie too. And and again, it's a testament to James Gunn's writing ability, like how complex he's able to make this character in just like the short amount of so- these scenes. Mm-hmm. And he 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 stole every scene he was in. He did. Yeah, he stole and, every scene he was in. And I just love how he keeps reminding Pete, you know, he's like, you remember when I bought you in, everybody wanted to eat you. And I said, no, it's like, he keeps bringing that up. (laughs) One thing I, uh, I, I loved, uh, I I loved how they teased the arrow and Mm. and they teased it. They set it up. I think they did it four times before he actually wipes out all the, you know, all the bad Mm. guys at the end of the movie. And it was all, and it, it, I, I, and I, you know, they had the way that sense of danger because everybody always flipped out. Yes. Like, so, you know, it was kind of like that. Uh, um, it was kind of like Vader. Like mm. we ne- we didn't see Vader fight very often or we didn't, you know, we didn't see him fight till the very end. We didn't even see much. But right. you were scared of Vader. Like you were scared for the heroes when Vader showed up, yes. even though he yeah. didn't do much. And it was the same thing with that arrow because he'd start whistling. Everybody's like, oh, crap. <laughs> And then, and then it's the same guy who has a, a, count, a console full of figurines yes. that, he sticks on his, that he sticks up there that for whatever reason that he likes. It's another one of those little character traits, right? Like he, like the, the first time that comes up is when he's talking to the the broker and mm-hmm. and the broker's like, I can't tell if you're being serious. And, and uh, Sean Gunn's character's like, no, he's being serious. And then later you see his console and he really does have them all lined up there. Mm-hmm. And he get he finds out what that's when he finds I think that's when he finds out is what we find out about his collection being real and then he finds out he just got hornswoggled and he's got yeah. a troll in this uh, troll in the little uh, orb thing. But also that was a uh, I love that they, he trolled him with a troll. <laughs> 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 but and then he's got that uh, but the little smile he gets on his face right it and it gives you just it gives you just a hint of the like even a regular bad guy would have been like all right got to find star lord now and and you know and kill him but you know the little you know, like he's like ah oh, the little fucker got me mm-hmm. he's like yeah it's like okay mm. all right um and uh i also grouped like i was surprised at how emotional like each every time I've, I've seen this movie like you know a dozen times or so maybe more but like that we are group scene it kills me every time <sighs> Yes, I, boy, yeah, I've had to, um, 
I had to pretend like I was tough and like uh, I had some of my eye to leave the room a couple of times. It, it, yeah, it, get, it, it, it it's, it's amazing how they go from all trying to kill each other mm-hmm. to we are Groot and we're all sobbing like just, you know, and it's just rich and rich and uh, rich and at the heart, pull at the heartstrings or. And it's completely whatever. believable too. Like it never feels right. forced. Yeah. And it, it's just such a, you know, the great, assemblage of, of talent they got in here and you know we didn't really talk that much about her but uh zoe saldana as well like geo just you know i mean there, there's not a whole lot to say because she's just awesome in everything right yeah this, this is true <laughs> but um her not being not one um i think they wanted her i'd originally wanted her to like have her cgi or something oh really i didn't know that and um I, I, that may not be true. That, I, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what that was, but um, but she wanted to do the you know the makeup and the full mm-hmm. deal. They were they were. I think they were going to do something similar to what they did. It did um X Men again. Um um, what is her name? Mystique. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Was that actual painted or was that CGI? I couldn't remember. Um, originally it was paint when it was uh Rebecca Romaine. Um, mm-hmm. and then with Jennifer Lawrence, I'm not sure. I think they did a mix of different things and also they kept her because she she was apparently allergic to the paint uh, i think it was just more that she didn't want to be in it so but um and by that point she had she was coming off you know the hunger game stuff so they they let her do whatever she wanted anyway so which is why she appears more as jennifer lawrence than as mystique in most of the movies after first class that makes a lot of sense but i think yeah towards the end i think they were using a, a mix more mix of cgi stuff in there Gotcha. Yeah, there was, um, she wanted to portray it through makeup more than computer graphics and stuff yeah. like that. Like, so, but, so, she, but yeah, she's, she, and she, everything I've seen her in, like, I've, I've, when I, I sat and thought about it, I was like, wow, she does a lot of action movies. She does. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's like the, especially at that time, she was like the, the go-to action star. Like she was in that, she was in the losers. She was in, um, you know, the avatar movie, avatar. And, you know, uh, there was another one, uh, Colombiana, I think it was called. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. She's, she's like, um, she, she seemed to be having that career that, um, Oh, what's her name? Uh, I can't even think of, there's someone I had in mind that just completely blanked on it but but she's like become like this like you know she had become like this action star by that point so when she got cast as nebula i mean as gamora it's like oh yeah of course right <laughs> yeah um, she, she's weird uh, uh who uh who was uh the... cara dune oh yeah yeah um uh gina carano thank you yeah gina carano wants to be zoe Saldana. Yeah, Not well, that. she kind of shot herself in the foot with that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially after you're warned, right? That that was the thing. Like Derek and I were talking about that. Like, you know, she was they pulled her aside and they said, Look, you know, you gotta cut the shit. And then she doubles down on it instead. It's like, well, you know, we warned you. What are you gonna do? And that would happen at any other job. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If she, if she got that much notice, if she got that much notice, because oh yeah, you know, any other job, she would have been fired on the spot. Right. So, I mean, and I don't, I don't feel bad for her. No, so not at all. We, hopefully lessons are learned and everybody grows. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. There's not much more to say about it. I, oh, you know what? There is one more thing I wanted to mention. That's the, um, the collector, Benicio del Toro. 
Mm-hmm. You know, such a great choice, and just like he's how eccentric he is, and just like like when he sees Groot, and he's like he's like you know you must let me pay you now so that I, I can have your body when you die. That's <laughs> weird. Is that um? I that's not a character I know anything about. Is that something from the? Is that something that they create, or is that something from a com? Is that somebody? From he's the from the comics. He's yeah. The collectors. Uh, he's one of the elders of the universe, um, along okay. with like the Grandmaster and uh, a bunch of other types. Um, like order and chaos and uh but i don't think he's as eccentric as he is in this movie though again and a lot yeah. of that's down to yeah a lot of that down to benicio del toro i think too but also if you notice in that scene um there's this there's this dog in like a, a cosmonaut outfit mm-hmm. that's a character from the comics uh cosmo is his name and he's like kind of like the guardians um uh kind of like their their mission control like he kind of like runs the missions for them and stuff like that and what? he's got and yeah yeah and he's this uh he's this he's this rush he's this russian dog who was sent into space and got lost out there and gained intelligence as a result so he like communicates telepathically and all that and him and rocket have this rivalry and you could and that's that little hint in it when him and rocket kind of growl at each other oh that's awesome <laughs> i did not know that yeah and um and uh, there's something else I want to mention. Oh, the the whole scene where they show the the celestials, right? When he's showing the 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 history of the Infinity Stones, and it that I remember everybody was freaking out over that because you know before that everybody was like, well, they can never do Galactus because Galactus, you know, would be too unbelievable. And then they put a freaking celestial right up there, and it's like, okay, they can do Galactus now. <laughs> And I can't wait. I yeah, wait yeah. For it. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> it and I just and full Kirby style too, right? It was the full Kirby on design. Like they didn't change anything about that design. Right. Yeah. That's well. We are. We are. We are at a golden age for uh, for comic book movies, man. Oh for, yeah, uh, absolutely. These are the, so it's it's been it's been really cool to be a nerd all these years and fi- have, finally have something like this payoff. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, and um, and also the at the end the the end credit scene when you get Howard the Duck pop up, mm-hmm. voiced by uh, Seth Green, which whose voice his voice sounds completely different. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't know that was I didn't know that was him until I saw that you know saw the I think I looked it up online afterwards. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. But that was great. And then they had him pop up in volume two as well. And I hope they bring him back and I hope they do something with Howard eventually. I know they were talking about doing a, they were doing an animated series at one point, but I think that was one of the ones that got, because I think MODOK was the only one that survived out of that. And so um, I'm not sure what they're going to, I hope they do something with him though. Yeah. that Yeah. I like, I've liked it so far. And actually I, I was a little, I'm, I, I remember watching the movie, but I, I don't remember if it was really good or not, but I do remember watching the movie when I was a kid. I probably shouldn't think about it. <laughs> I, I actually haven't seen it. Um, I know Derek liked it. Uh, I remember him saying like, you know, he's like, the only problem with that movie is the, is the duck costume. Um, uh, but other people I know, they're like, eh, it's not so good. <laughs> so, mm. but I actually never seen it myself. I got to check it out eventually one of these days. Doggone it. I should have made you watch that. instead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we got to have you on the show next time, another time. You, we can do it then. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Damon, anything else um, we want to talk about with Guardians of the Galaxy? I 
don't think so. It was a great movie. <laughs> um, it and honestly, it's in my top five of MCU's, and oddly enough, Endgame is not. Oh, really? Um, I and I I, I judge it a little bit different. Like, it's mm. Endgame is a great movie. I'm not going to mm. sit here and say, oh, it's terrible. I'm that'd be foolish. Mm. But it's not one. It's not something I'm going to rewatch over and over and over again. Okay, just, that's. I watched Infinity War over and over again. I watched mm. Black Panther over and over again. I watched this over and over again. It's just not. I don't think I've watched it completely like in one sitting since I saw it the first time. Well, that's fair. And also it's a, it's a big time investment, right? Cause it's like, you know, three plus hours. So that's understandable. Right. Maybe that's part, maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's actually my, I actually have sat through it several times since just um, that is definitely my favorite of the, of the MCU. Um, but, but yeah, this and um, just, just these two, like guardians of galaxy one and two, like they're just, mm-hmm. And they're, they're such perfect companion pieces. I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about uh, the second one is that this one is is such a, they're very, it's the same characters, but they're very different feel, types of movies, right? Like this one feels a little bit more epic in scope in some ways, whereas the, the second one is much more personal, right? It's mm-hmm. much more about the character and their, the characters and their relationships to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's just such a great balance of, of both in, in, in both these movies. Daggone it. Now I'm going to, go, now I'm going to go watch volume two. See, <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Ah. <laughs> All right, Damon. Uh, so where can, uh, where can people find you online? I can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Damon does um, all, uh, all one word, uh, two D's in the middle. And um, the same at gmail.com uh, for uh, uh, if you want to send me an email. And uh, you'll find Demond Does the Six Questions anywhere you can get your pod- anywhere you uh, get your podcast at. Awesome. Okay. Thanks again for, for coming on. It was nice to, to finally meet you face to face after um, after about a year or so and having you you tweet out the little Derek quotes from, about, from the show <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, and, uh, Real quick, um, I only knew I only knew uh, knew you know conversed with Derek for you know like eight months, mm-hmm. and in that time it, he if he he felt like a he was he felt like a mentor mm-hmm. and a, and a friend and you know and he treated he you don't find people very often that just treat you with um, just just openness and just it just I don't you don't meet very good people very mm-hmm. often and he was one of those people for me and for him it was just Tuesday yeah you know what I mean and it just so it was really cool to you know sit in the proverbial sit in the proverbial catbird seat and, um you know and, and thank you very much I really do appreciate it oh thank my you. pleasure it was definitely great having you on um and uh, yeah, you mentioned that uh, we had Adam Lance Garcia on uh, the episode before last and be, you know, off camera, we were talking about, about Derek and he had said a lot of the same things that, that you just said too. And that was just like this quality Derek had is that he was never, he was never like, no matter what level you were, like as far as, you know, he was never, he never acted, he never felt like he was above anyone. Like he was never condescending no matter what your what your age what your what your level of talent was nothing he was always 
and that quality, like he was like a mentor to everybody who just, but always in a way that never felt like he was talking down to you. He was all, that was, that was a, an amazing quality that he had. Yeah. Yeah. It just, yeah. So yeah. I, and then like, like you, like you're saying, like the, you know, the fact that you guys did the, this long interview and stuff. And even in that short amount of time, you, you, he, he did that with everybody. Like that was just like, that was just the way he was. Like, he's just like such a personable guy. And he made any, anyone who talked to, Derek, you felt like he was your best friend. Like that was just the way he was with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Ben. Well, thanks. Thanks so bad. much. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks again. And um, so, yeah, please make sure to check out Demond's podcast and, and the other stuff he's doing. Um, uh, we're still working out who's going to be the next guest here. So we don't know exactly what we're going to be doing, uh, doing yet. Still working out the, the schedule with, with different few different people we're talking to so um we'll be back in uh in two weeks with another new episode we're going to go with the the bi-weekly format just because you know it's a little bit harder to schedule guests and everything now with um we don't have a we don't have a set date as, as we did with Derek anymore um but anyway go check out superherocinephiles.com check out our facebook group and um you know please drop us uh on super cinema pod on twitter on uh, instagram and if you can donate to the show in any way help support it that would be great and that does it for now and of course as always you know want to remember our departed host emeritus Derek Ferguson and um, the show's always going to be dedicated in his honor. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. You have been listening to the Superhero Cinephiles podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Super Cinema Pod. Join our Facebook group by searching for Superhero Cinephiles, where you can interact with us and other superhero fans. If you'd like to support the show, you can become a regular supporter at Patreon or make a one-time donation through PayPal, both of which can be found at our website, SuperheroCinephiles.com. If you buy or rent any movies through the Amazon links at our site, it helps support the show. Please be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always... Good night, good evening, God bless.